I will say I've been dreaming of this episode for a long time. Every time our schedules got a little crazy, I always pitched, hey, are we going to do the episode where we just tier rank all the cards? Because that's easy to kind of throw together. We don't have to do much research. We just <laughs> yeah. read the cards and figure out where they go. Um, so I, But we've actually been so good at sticking to the schedule that this is just kind of being slapped here at the end of the season. Yeah, it's true. I, I came with, just with feelings. I'm armed with lots of feelings today. I'm ready. <laughs> yeah, Kyle, you haven't slept in a long time. Is that right? Yeah, that means that I'm ready. I'm shooting from the hip in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I mean, I feel like there's enough root cards for, for each of us to have just like a segment of them and then just just take them with us. Take them, take them home. Oh, yeah, we should. Everyone should mention their favorite root card when it comes up, I guess. We've already done this once, haven't we, though? Oh, maybe. <laughs> oh, our favorite root card? <laughs> I think we have, yeah. I thought we had. I think we asked Lord of the Board, and then we're like, we want to answer. <laughs> I already <laughs> forgot what This I is said. really, shut up, Lord, we want to talk. <laughs> <laughs> Just sock puppet questions so that we can actually respond to them. Um, I uh, I want to start off by establishing just a little baseline. There there are two complete decks of right. cards for the game root, mm-hmm. um, but they overlap in... In an important way. Both of the decks, the uh, base deck and the Exiles and Partisans deck, share a set of items uh, that are identical uh, in terms of the the count, the number of them, and the suits that they occupy. Uh, The the main differences... uh, Oh, also ambushes and dominance cards. The main differences are just the effect cards. So even though we have two full decks of awesome root goodness... The number of distinct cards that we're actually talking about is only like 43. Yeah, this is also because anytime uh, a card had multiple suits, for instance, like the card that lets you craft a boot, there's one of each suit. So we're not going to talk about the rabbit one versus the fox one versus the mouse one. For us, that's all the same, and it really is more situational depending on what faction you are and what's in your hand. It's not going to make a difference of a whole tier. Right. right, in all of them across the board, Rabbit is always better. I agree, you're right. <laughs> no, Jake, <laughs> Jake. All right, uh, but we did make a distinction anytime there was an item that was a bird card because that seems to have special implications for many of the factions. I'm not saying it's necessarily going in a different tier, but I think it's it warrants discussion. So Yeah, I, I'm curious to get there. Uh, also, like partisans or favor of, that's one card we're going to talk about. We're not going to talk about favor of the foxes versus favor of the mice or anything. Right, like right. I feel like maybe we could, though, because favor of the foxes is probably a little worse than favor of the mice. <sighs> Why? <laughs> Why do you say that? Let's get this out of the way before we get going. Look, fox partisans <laughs> is just going to be harder to craft, most likely, than mouse partisans. And if people are uh, trying to craft in mouse, that means they're going to have a crafting piece in a mouse clearing. Uh, I just think there's going to be more stuff in mouse clearings. I'm just going to I'm just going to make that up. claim. <laughs> this is wild. No, there's not. There's the same more number stuff <laughs> in mouse clearings. No, I think if everyone chose what clearings they were going to craft with for only that reason and their faction didn't have some inherent thing where they had to build or they need to get out to an early lead or anything like that, maybe you're right, Kyle. But I think the game of Root is too fluid 
to differentiate favor of the foxes and favor of the mice. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah. My so before we've even begun the card ranking, we're already lost in hypotheticals. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. Right. That's fair. But in in terms of how we've decided to like split this up and identify these cards, I feel like if we didn't have this argument, somebody would would have yeah. this argument on our behalf in the Discord. That's probably all right. right. So, All right, so let's talk about the tiers, you guys. We have S, yeah. A, B, C, and D. I figure S tier is a card you are going to go out of your way to craft, right? Yeah. If it came up in the otter's hand, you'd buy it. Yeah. Oh, that's a good distinction, too. Yeah. Uh, a is probably a card you are stoked to craft and uh, happy to draw. Maybe you do go slightly out of your way for, but if you have, like, if it's expensive and you have nothing in that, maybe you don't. Yeah, you, if it's in your starting hand of five uh, for right. advanced setup, you probably keep it. Right, yeah. Ooh, yeah, that's good. You're good at this. Okay. Um, <laughs> B tier, I think, is like a card that like you would craft if everything lines up, but you're not going to break your back to do anything about it, right? If you, Kyle? If you draw it at the end of your first <laughs> turn, you're happy. <laughs> sure. C tier is... You're actually debating on whether to craft it or to use it for its suit, where it's like a genuine debate. And then mm. D tier is we're not crafting this card. We're just using it for its suit. Yeah, you get this from the Vagabond when they aid you on like, turn <laughs> yeah. two or whatever. Yeah. All right. You get cool. this trash from the Vagabond. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and to be clear, for those of you who are like, what letters are we talking about here? It's like a grading system similar to academia, right? It's A, B, C, D. But above A, even better than A, is S, which I think it's, is this a Japanese grading system where S is superb or something like oh, that? Oh, maybe. Yeah, I don't know where S came from. Yeah. No. I, I like just know that this is what a, the so young kids the do. I feel like I vaguely <laughs> remember this being like, the, it was A, B, C, D, but then... There was something that was like even better than than A, and it was like a specific character whose name started with S, and so uh, that became like S tier. I'm pretty sure it might be from right, well, Street Fighter. I feel mm. like it's Smash or something. Or maybe but yeah, it's that from sounds Smash. right. Regardless, yeah, it's from some fighting game like that, I think this explanation that we're giving at a, is a B tier explanation. So. <laughs> <laughs> might you craft decide. it might use it for its suit okay yeah <laughs> all right let's start with our first card here you guys and it's a doozy we've got bird ambush wow yeah great all right card. So, uh, kyle remind uh, us what does bird ambush do uh so in whatever clearing because it's bird when someone initiates a battle against you uh, in the first part of the battle you can play this ambush to deal two immediate hits to your attacker Yep, before the roll even happens. Guys, this is a very good card. I think we got to go S or A tier. Um, I I almost want to go A tier because sometimes I will spend it for its suit. Like, I won't always hold on to it. What do you guys well, think? Okay, but really quick. I'm sorry to already digress on how we're ranking these cards, but, like, using it for its suit is still good. So this listing is only for if we're not using it for its suit, because if we're using it for its suit, it's lesser. Oh, I didn't think about it like that. I mean, we're looking at the value of the card, right? We can look at its yeah. printed value of what it does in its box and its icon. And birds right, are always a little bit better in most cases for most factions. Now, some factions do have limitations of what they can do with bird cards, but most of them, it's an adaptable right. card. I, for this reason, would put it at S, mainly because I'm always excited to see it in my hand, and it's always kind of good news. There's not a... 
There's not a bad reason to have this card. Yeah, it's universality makes it S tier for me, at least. Because, like, the, the thing with an ambush is that the, the numbers in root are so low, usually, mm-hmm. that a bird ambush can literally make the difference between winning and losing the game in, in some end game sure. situations. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And be, it's universality means you can actually, like, kind of hang on to it across a couple of turns as well and and you know it use it at the absolute best moment um i think it's the swingiest of the ambushes for sure all right then our first card bird ambush going in s tier and remember you can actually like basically counter spell an ambush right uh, by playing a matching ambush and so this also Mm. functions as ambush insurance for every suit that's a great point so yeah, I think for me this is this is S tier for sure. I'm always happy to see it. If uh, the the other thing for me is like once when the river folk draft this into their hand, uh, their prices go up immediately. I feel like it, I always see it hit three or four. It's also a card that you look for as the opponent, right? When you're card counting, is like it's always one yeah. you're keeping an eye out for. Is you're always keeping an eye out for the ambushes and counting those. But it's like, where's that bird one? Because that goes yeah. anywhere. Right. Yeah. Also, there are two of them in the deck, and there's only one of the suited ones. So maybe. Oh, maybe this that is this is the rare um, exact copy. Um, right. There's a couple of the, of these in the effects in the crafted yeah. effects, but outside of the crafted effects, there's very few like exact copies. Yeah, that's true. All right, we got our next thing, a suited ambush, whether it's mouse, rabbit, or fox, and I feel like it's got to go A tier, right? I feel pretty good about that. Yeah, yeah, we'll throw it in A tier. Right, it's not quite as good as a bird one, and it's still a really good card. Are we just about to say that bird cards are just always better than suited cards? I don't think so. I don't think so. Especially because oftentimes you want to spend a bird card for its suit rather than its effect, and I just feel like that polarity makes doesn't make it better. Yeah, and bird okay. cards are inconsistent with what it was required to craft them, which we will be weighing in here. Which is these ambush don't yeah. have crafting requirements. So. Right, right. Oh, so, I love that this is this is a complicated answer to this <laughs> deceptive <laughs> question. All right, so yeah, regular suited ambush, definitely going in A tier. Um, they're just a little less strong. Even if you have one of those suited ambushes, you can still get ambushed in a different suit. Yeah, it only works for that for that one suit. So unless you pull the right one, it can sometimes be hard to employ. You know, you're yeah. just kind of waiting for someone to attack you in the right suit a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, next card, a bird dominance card. Oh boy, the dominance cards. I'm gonna say this is uh, D tier. Yeah, I got the dominance cards probably have to be D tier, but is let's do the suited dominance at the same time does it make a difference whether it's bird or suited dominance does it break it out of d tier which one's better even i I don't even know i think the suited dominance is slightly better actually i think so too and i think that's because you have to try harder to get three clearings and uh and just the distance involved in getting all the way across the map is really tough with the 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 fact that the bird dominance is only two actually works against you because then opponents really only have to deal with one clearing yeah and they can easily stop your dominance so if you have like they only have to deal with one clearing in the other dominances as well they just have to stop you from there's four clearings of each suit in a game of root right and so if you play a dominance card and you have rule over four clearings 
of that oh. same suit. Well, then opponents <laughs> have two clearings to deal with. Which yeah, is yeah. But if I rule all four corners with my bird dominance, Kyle, then they got to deal with more. I mean, that's that, that, that's fair. But too. everybody starts in the corners. Yeah, I but just your point like was you o- your opponents only need to go after one clearing. That is also technically true in a dominant situation. Is they need to disrupt you down from three. This is disrupt you down from two. Right. The number you're subtracting is still one. Yeah, I guess I guess that that argument does kind of work both ways. Um, I just feel like practically though, I've seen people take four fox clearings, and I've yeah. never seen somebody take four corners. Well, so occasionally in the randomized maps you will have a cluster of suited clearings that are adjacent yes. or kind of like in inaccessible little areas. And that can make a suited dominance way more practical to achieve. I'm thinking about like the winter map, especially mm-hmm. like if some of those Northern clearings are all of, of a suit, uh, it can be really possible to kind of lock the other players out of that area and just go for a really cheap dominance sure. victory. Um, but the corners are always, for whatever reason, the corners are always extremely difficult to marshal troops to and hold on to and reinforce. So here's my pitch why they're equal, is that because of the inherent slightly higher value ability of having a bird suit, which is wild, it kind of balances it back out because we're largely using these cards, the dominance cards, not for dominance. We're using them for <laughs> anything else, right? Yeah. Yeah. So they're- I, I actually, now I'm convinced... The Jake's right, right? Like the, <laughs> I we're not going to use it for dominance, right? We're going to use it for a suit. So the bird one is the most valuable. Yes, exactly. That being said, guys, they're both D tier. They're both absolutely, D-tier. absolutely. If I could demote, it's the intact the- sandwich on top of the rest of the trash in the dumpster. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I th- here's what I'll say: bird dominance is F tier, but we don't have an F, so it, it actually because its suit is cool, it rises back up to D. <laughs> All right, here we go. We got now we're on to the items here. These should be pretty easy. All right. Uh, We start, uh, let's do the swords, both the bird suited swords and the fox suited swords. Swords obviously cost two fox crafters and give you two points. And there are two swords available to craft. And I believe there are three sword cards in the deck. So what do we think about swords? I think swords are worth. I mean, because they're worth two points, that's like a good amount. Yeah. Um, it's no T. You know, it's, no, two it's not a T. Fox crafters, which is like kind of prohibitive in a lot of situations. Ah, this is one where like when the when the bird sword uh, arms trader comes up, I'm always a little bit like, I'm probably going to spend this as a bird card, honestly, <laughs> like, more than I'm likely to craft. Um, I feel like swords are, are those items, they kind of stick around throughout the game. Yeah. Uh, because they're hard to craft. So they're almost always available to craft, which, mm-hmm. you know, that, that high barrier of entry is almost, yeah, they're just out of reach for most games, I think. Um, depending on your faction, of course. Yeah. So I feel like our analysis of these crafting items is is so dependent upon the game, we can almost rank them by their point value, knowing that root T is the one that's cheaper to craft and has the most points, right? Yeah. So we think an A tier for the swords? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I think because these cards have victory points, they're all kind of like B or A tier safely, right? And then maybe S for like the big ones. The swords, crafting the swords can be dangerous in a game with the Vagabond. Right. 
does have a downside for sure. But that means they're yeah. extra valuable for the Vagabond, though. So, like, A, a tier from the perspective of the Vagabond. They're That's probably a good S point. Tier. You're right. You're right. <laughs> right. We have to consider the Vagabond as part of the game and not something we all hate. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, the Vagabond is a, a, like, a variable in this whole crafting items list yeah. because we're building their economy, right? All right. Yeah. I, all right, so we're, we're good with swords in A tier, both the bird and the fox. swords belong in A tier. And I just yeah. want to say that I don't really understand this feeling, but I'm bringing feelings to the table here. Yeah. I just don't trust the bird sword card. <laughs> I don't trust it. <laughs> Something about the, that art of that dove handing a sword to a smaller bird. Look, the fox sword, I totally uh, I can get behind. The mouse sword, it's literally just called sword, all right? Yeah. I get that. <laughs> Periodically through this recording, we're going to see the sleep deprivation start to creep in on Kyle's analysis. I don't trust this it. Is one of them. <laughs> okay. Um, let's keep going with these items, though. We have uh, the boot next. Yep. Trusty boot. Um, I feel like boot is always a consolation prize in the, ma- in the uh, uh, rabbit crafter sphere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. I don't like it, but it is a point. It's a good point. It's a solid point. Um, and it doesn't help the Vagabond too much. No, it really doesn't. Um, it just gives them kind of extra HP. Are we thinking B tier? B tier, yeah. I mean, it's okay. a point. That's still good. Yeah, It's really right. low barrier of entry for its cost mm-hmm. of one Rabbit Crafter. And it's a point. Like, I, I, It's always always good to get that point. I, I, I think probably the same can be said for the bags then. That's Bag also B tier. Totally so, equal. Absolutely. Yeah. And then crossbow would be the same, right? Crossbow is interesting because I think crossbow is is one of those cards. It's worth a point, which is good. Um, there's only one of it, so when you craft it, you deny everyone else the access to that point, which is also good. Oh, interesting, right? The fact that there's only one. So it only comes in two suits, which doesn't make a difference. Uh- <laughs> two suits, riot, riot. <laughs> Here's, here's what I say about the crossbow. If the Vagabond is in the game, the crossbow is, you shouldn't craft it. You should use it for its suit. Right. Because it's just too much of a an advantage for them. Mm-hmm. Spoken like a true Woodland Alliance main. Uh, yeah, exactly. I, I hate the crossbow. It is, it is a game killer. Um, if you're the Vagabond, I feel like the crossbow is something that you just... Are easily will damage though as well. Like it is yeah, kind it's of not armor. that important. Yeah. So like, but it can make a big difference in the late game. I don't know. I I, th- I think the crossbow might be C tier. It would be our first C tier card. You guys think it's C tier? You guys think it's inherently worse than bag or boot? I do. I think I think crafting it 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 gives the vagabond a really good item that also can be used as armor. Um, with, you know, it, when, when it gets damaged, it's not like that big of a deal, but when it's intact, like it just hurts everyone else at the table in a pretty big way. The fact that there's only one crossbow, does that like weigh into its value at all? Or Kyle, do you just think it's just too dangerous, even though some games might not have the Vagabond? The thing is, is it, so the other solo item for one Fox crafter is, uh, Anvil for the hammer. Right. And that gets you two points for one crafter. And it's just like, if you're going to... Like spec into fox workshops or crafting power. It just it just feels like this is such a bottom of the barrel item that you're wow. really just like you get one point for it, and that's it's just like not that impactful except in kind of a negative way. 
Mm-hmm. So I call it C tier just because it's kind of meh. <laughs> All right. Well, I do. I want to be on the record as disagreeing with this. Oh, that's sure. fine. That's fine. What's yeah. what's your what's your take on the crossbow? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd, if it needs to go up, I just think it's B. I just think it's pretty comparable to bag and boot and all those circumstances, which I totally agree with you on. I just think are more circumstantial than it warranting to be in a totally different tier. Yeah. And I guess we, we should clarify, like, is the vagabond in the game? If so, like a bag versus a crossbow. Right. No, that's true. I mean, that's very much true. If the vagabond's in the game, you're right. This thing goes down and maybe that's enough to actually put it in its own tier. Maybe you guys are right. Yeah, I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, I don't know. Anvil. We're putting this in A tier, right? A tier for sure. Yeah, it's the only it hammer in the up game. Two full tiers for one point. Right. It's just it's so strong. And when you get to, to craft the, the hammer, it always feels good. Yeah, and you know that Vagabond is giving you an item for this. And unless it's the tinker, it's probably not the worst thing that they get the hammer. Although then they can get T. Is it the only card that grants two points for one crafter? No. Coming up, we've got Root T. There it is. That's it. Right. That's yeah, also got to be A tier. I think Root T might even be S tier. Ooh, now we got a debate. I think you might be right because there are two T's and there's three cards. Like, yeah. you can plan for getting a Root T almost. It's like one of the main reasons why Mouse as a suit is better than Fox. Yeah. So I feel like that deserves to to be elevated. Um, Root T is one of the swingiest cards in the game. I think because it is just, like, the item is strong for the Vagabond. Yeah. Uh, the points are incredible mm-hmm. for any faction. And I, I just feel like if you craft a Root T, you're having a good game. Yeah. Like, you're go- <laughs> yeah. you're going to compete. You're getting to this end game in, like, an okay position usually if you can get that Root T crafted. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to call it S tier. Nice. All right, last item, guys. It's coins. Is it A? Is it S? I think it's A. What? I think it's A. It's just like a little, a little hard to to get it crafted. I mean, it's just three points though. It's which three is like points. Huge. It's a tenth of the goal. I have a deep sigh every time somebody crafts coins because you're taking the possible coins away from everybody else too. I think it's like almost a four point card because of the opportunity cost you're costing the other three players at the table. That's a good point. That's a good point. I'm just I'm just talking out of my ass here. I have no idea if that math works out. <laughs> feels I right. mean, three points feels like significant. There's no other three point items, right? No. Great. I mean, that alone sells it to me as like, at, I mean, unquestionably A, but like S is one of the ones where we don't not play it if we have it, right? Yeah, the that's a good point. There. That's yeah. a good point. Yeah, I think I would go, go out of my way to craft coins. Mm-hmm. I have and, and I will continue to. It's true. Coins don't help the Vagabond as much as the T. Right. Like an extra card is fine, but two extra actions every turn is unreal. I feel like we are we have to factor in the Vagabond and all of these crafting cards as we've talked about them, right? But yeah. like the majority of games aren't going to include the Vagabond. That's true. All right. All right. S tier for coins. All right, here we go, guys. Now it's time to get into the fun stuff, the crafted effects. Let's start with a classic. This one only comes in bird suit. It costs one fox crafter. The card is armorers. Jake, will you give us a read on armorers? In battle, may discard this to ignore all rolled hits taken. Ooh, 
It's the defensive card, I think. It's also kind of the offensive card in a way. Oh, you're right. You um, can use it on offense. I forgot about that. I think that's like a, a take on armors that I don't see too often is just the, the fact that you can use it in in the attack as well to kind of um, prevent you from losing guys. It's really mm-hmm. handy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean, this is helpful for basically every faction. It is a bird card, so I think some factions like the cats might use it for an extra action rather than crafting it, especially because it's a fox crafter. But I think this is an A-tier card. I think it's questionably A or B. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Definitely not S. The thing that pushes it into A tier for me is that it's kind of a get-out-of-jail-free card. Yeah. And when your opponent spends an action battling you, you can just kind of be like, mm, I'd rather you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But the thing, of, the important thing is that the battle still happens. You deal any hits that you would have dealt anyway because of the dice. But, like, all those extra hits and things, those can still happen and pile on, too. That's true. As well. It's just rolled hits. I think Armors is is pushed into A tier for me almost because it's it's a really good threat. Mm-hmm. To, or, like, a good option to kind of visibly have available uh, to dissuade people from wasting their time attacking you. Yeah. You know, I, I can imagine, like, a, a Lizards player with Armors crafted and just being like, there's just not even any point. Like, yeah. like, if it's a big hit, they're just going to cancel it. And if it's a little hit, then they'll just take the Acolyte. Like, why yeah. would I even attack? <laughs> yeah, that's a great point. This is also a card that where, like, I start putting into heavy consideration the bird suit factor. Because, I don't know, I tend to undervalue these types of cards. And I think that's one of the flaws in my gameplay. I also undervalue, like, partisans. Yeah. Because I don't know, I guess I don't know why. I guess I don't feel like I need to hedge my bets in battle. Like, the engine that I'm running in the faction is generally... I try to play safe enough to have something, but these are always smart things to build. I just, I think I neglect them to my detriment sometimes. Mm. So I'd put them in my personal B tier, but I think you're right, Kyle. It's more A because all hits is, is get out of jail and free and you need to get out of jail frequently towards the end of the game. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It just, it, it, it is useful in every stage of the game for one mm. reason or another. Um, and the fact that you can use it to posture and uh, not just as defense, but as an offensive weapon is pretty cool. Yeah, I yeah. think that makes it very useful, and it's low crafting cost makes it uh, like a low barrier of entry. So I think armors is good. Yeah, all right, armors going in A tier. Our next card is Better Burrow Bank. This on- there's only one copy of this. It is a rabbit uh, suit. Costs two rabbit crafters. Jake, give us the read of Better Burrow Bank. At the start of Birdsong, you and another player draw a card. This is a good card. Yeah, it depends on the faction, but this is one of the best from the base deck, Yeah, I think. In terms of the crafted improvements, there's kind of three improvements that cost two rabbit crafters each. Mm-hmm. This is the card draw one, and it, oh boy, it's real good. The birdsong draw is so helpful for a lot of factions. And there's a choice involved where you get to pick somebody else at the table to draw a card. Now, I think historically what ends up the the kind of like thing that ends up happening with this is you just pick the person that you consider to be losing the hardest yeah and you give them a card or the person who's gonna like affect you the least at the mm-hmm. table and give them a card um or just the person you're not going to attack this round basically. <laughs> but i think that's actually a negotiable good right yeah love that strategy having that kind of leverage to like benefit someone at the table um especially if they're card poor 
or like starved for an, an action and they use the cards in their hand as actions or something. This can be the basis of an alliance, which I think is really cool. I frequently compare this to Charm Offensive and find this so much better because I just always hate the idea of giving someone points. And as you guys have mentioned, Birdsong versus Evening, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. I mean, we can't have every card be A tier, but I feel like I'm leaning towards that. I think I might go S tier. Oh. If we were you talking think about. Better Burrow Bank is S tier. I mean, it is an extra card at, at Birdsong, which means you have a six six card hand i just feel like i think the first thing you learn about getting good at root is like oh wait extra cards is always good like cards are like kind of the only resource that is like universally good for everyone um obviously some factions use them in different ways and are more card dependent but petter burrow bank just feels like how many i feel like i've gone out of my way to craft it several times yeah, okay. I, I think this is probably an S tier card. Wow. And the fact that you can you don't have to like give someone a point, but just a card. Yeah. I'm surprised you guys are doing this S tier. So unquestionably you'll always go out of your way to build it. I mean, it really makes a big difference. And okay. especially the earlier in the game you can craft it. Um Well yeah, for it sure. just accumulates in value. And if, if you can increase your card advantage forever for the rest of the game. It does give you a little bit of insurance too in case you are like, you know, depending on your faction if you lose that extra card draw at any point, like you mm-hmm. always have that backup. Mhm. Great. Um, awesome. Yeah. I think it's super good. All right, next up we have Brutal Tactics. This card is a bird card. I believe there's only one in the deck. Let me just check. Uh there are two of copies of Brutal Tactics. Uh both of them are bird suited. Uh, they cost two Fox Crafters to craft. Jake, give us a read of Brutal Tactics. In battle, as an attacker, may deal an extra hit, but defender scores one point. This is definitely the most offensive card in the base deck, and um, Partisans you can use offensively, right? Yes. Yeah. All right. So uh, it's a great offensive card. I don't know. I tend to only craft it as the birds. I don't know. What what are your guys' feelings on better or brutal tactics? This is another one that I also undervalue because, like, I don't really care about hits too much in my brain. And I know I should because this is a game of warfare, as we've discussed <laughs> for about the past six months now. But giving a point is such a huge thing. And it's a bird card. And it's two foxes, which just feels like a little bit of a journey, right? Mm-hmm. It's an expensive card. Two fox crafters is is a lot. That being said, it's a really good end game card. Um, the fact that it, you gift a point to whoever you're attacking means that like you're trying to win like right now or like really soon. So yeah, maybe a bit of a bit of risk involved. Usually you, uh, it's a may activate, which is nice. Yeah. Uh, but usually you won't be activating this too much, except in really important situations or in the end game, um, or if you're attacking someone who's played a dominance card, which is always hilarious to do. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> that is funny because then they can't get the point for it. Um, usually you'll use this in a situation where it's like, oh, if I use it, then I'll knock out a piece of your cardboard. And now we're just trading a point. And as long right. as I have more points, then we're good. That's you know? the thing. If you can go one point for one point, that's super worth it. Yeah. And it's useful throughout. You don't have to discard it to use it, which is nice. Yeah. Yeah. You can just keep doing it every turn. So B? To me, yeah, it's a, it's probably a B tier, I guess. It, it feels a little win more, honestly. Sure. Like usually by the time I've crafted brutal tactics, like it's not that necessary to like win the game. But there are a few situations 
where if you have to get through a big stack of warriors or uh, fight against the Woodland Alliance, for example, yeah, it can be really handy to to just have that extra little bop on top. Yeah, uh, brutal tactics. I, I'd say B tier is pretty fair for that. Awesome. Okay, next. All right, we've got Cobbler. This is another one of those rabbit crafted effects. Uh, only one copy of Cobbler. There are it costs. Uh, two rabbit crafters. It's a rabbit suited card. Jake, tell us what Cobbler does. At start of evening, may take a move. Yeah. So this is the movement one of those cards you were talking about, Kyle. Um, the evening move is a little weird for any faction not named the Woodland Alliance, I find. Yeah, this does feel like a specific buff to the Woodland Alliance. Everybody else, it's like you can kind of... If you're a really military faction, I think you would get the most use out of this type of card. Yeah. The nice thing about the evening move is that it, you can use that to consolidate if you've kind of overextended during your daylight. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then when I have this crafted as a military faction, that'll be sometimes the play is you can actually commit a lot more forces to an area in order to build, in order to, you know, really like invest in a battle or something. And then, depending on how that goes, you can use that evening move to kind of, you know, withdraw or kind of reposition to guard your stuff. So, it's a little bit of a, like, it's, it's good in some situations. <laughs> if it, It's great if you're the Woodland Alliance. Reposition, repositioning to protect your stuff is pretty important in Root across all the factions. And obviously, this benefits the Woodland Alliance more. But I still think... You know, as a defensive mechanism, it's pretty helpful. And we we undervalue moves in some factions, especially when some of them can't go very far very quickly. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. It feels like, Jake, you're talking about, like, undervaluing, like, the battle aspect. But I just feel like you can always set yourself up so you don't have to consolidate. I think, yeah. like... I think Kyle's right. In some of the military factions, it's nice. Like, I can just overcommit to this battle knowing I have the safety net of, like, pulling them back to... Like, I can leave something undefended in the middle of my turn because I'll put them back mm-hmm. at the end. Well, what about the inverse, too, of also, like, you didn't have enough mechanisms in your daylight to move and battle as needed, but you can set yourself up for next turn and also disrupt rule elsewhere. I mean, as a lizard player, your movement options are tied up, but, boy, a lizard player with some cobbler? Does that help? Uh, I guess. Um, <laughs> well, the, the, maybe I, it doesn't. I think the I'm... fact that it happens in evening makes it a bit less useful to sure. most factions, since most factions are already done with their actions by the time this move happens. And so it really does feel like you're just reacting to whatever happened on your turn and just <laughs> trying to fix it with, like, one move. I mean, I am so, playing Vagrant's Advocate here, I will admit. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, so I, I don't know. I, I would call this maybe, like... Let's call it C tier. Yeah, it really. Really, only benefits one Wait, faction. C for okay. I I'm kind of thinking B. I'm thinking B too because you think it's B tier. Okay. Yeah, I, could, I think I can be convinced. Cobbler's, everybody has know, limited actually. moves on their turn. This one gives them an extra. Granted, it's an evening, but still, maneuverability is important. Yeah, I'm I'm usually the like mobility guy too, but yeah, yes, you are. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, you have mobility okay. tattooed on your lower back. Like I this did. is important. Yeah, I yeah. did. Yeah, it's, it's still there, removed, but it, yeah. as as I grow, it, it sort of like changes position on my skin slightly. <laughs> it's slightly mobile itself. Also Very mobile, thematic. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, let's throw in a B tier. Cobbler, you're B tier. All right, bud. You can sit with it. You can sit with the cool kids. All right, here we go. This is a fun one. We've got Code Breakers. Code Breakers is a mouse suited card. And there are two of them in the deck. 
uh, code breakers cost one mouse to craft. What does it do, Jake? Once in daylight may look at another player's hand. Yeah, this one's interesting because it doesn't actually do anything. You just get more information. Mm -hmm. uh, apparently, these mice are breaking code. <laughs> I don't know, intercepting letters and decoding them. I don't know. Um, Kyle, what, how do you rate I, this card? For I, I want to answer that question with another question. Yeah. Um, what are you looking for with code breakers? <laughs> An ambush, I guess. Yeah. A crafted item that they could craft. Maybe a favor. Yeah. Uh, that's literally it, though. I feel like it's like favor and ambush are the two that I care about. Mm -hmm. Or if I want to know if somebody's like hoarding an item or something. Yeah. But again, it literally is just you get to check one person's hand once on your turn. It's a cheap card to craft. And there's not a lot you can generally do about it. Is that what's also you're saying? It's just like, okay, well, now I know they don't have an ambush. I mean, yeah. If, if only mm -hmm. there was another card that you could craft that made you not have to even worry about ambushes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I just feel like Codebreakers does less of a good job than Scouting Party yeah. at doing the same job. Yeah. <laughs> I think we talked about in the Crow's Guide how it could be fun to know someone's hand and what they could guess from your plots. Um, yeah. It's just that's hard. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you got to think a lot. And then if you're only looking at one player's hand, like, I don't know. I think Codebreakers is fine. It's kind of meh. Um, I think this might be a D-tier card. You think this is a D tier card? Uh, if I yeah. think about what's in, what's in C right now, just crossbow, and I'm like, I would rather have crossbow. Like every day, <laughs> I'd rather have crossbow rather than codebreakers. Yeah, but C again is a card that we will craft in circumstances, right? D is one we're guaranteeing to use for its suit. Yeah. Is there circumstances where you'd use codebreakers? Faction wise, maybe. Yeah, I think codebreakers could go in C tier actually, because like sometimes that information is valuable. It is information. Like it's not. It, it's just a net positive for you as the player. It Even just if feels the, like it's really modest. You you can assume the worst for free, right? <laughs> like that's how I feel. Like, well, what if they have an ambush? I don't know. Just plan for it. Like mm -hmm. then you can't be caught off guard. Or like I, some fact some factions can surprise favor you, but most of them you're like, oh look at the three crafters they have. Well. Let's just take out one of those rather than crafting a card sure. to check. It, it really is just kind of like peeking at your victim's hand. I feel like is what Codebreakers <laughs> boils down to. I'm using it offensively way more than I am defensively. I'm going to be real. It's yeah. also good for table talk, right? Where if the moles player is setting up to sway, you can warn everybody and like increase their threat. Like Not that you guys can do anything, but I'm saying as like the drama of the table a little bit. That's what Codebreakers can provide. I, I guess I feel like when this game, when this card was made too, there weren't two factions or maybe the lizards were considered, but there weren't two factions that revealed their hand as part of their yeah. game. Right. That's a good right. point. So that's like a quarter of the factions, at least that have been publicly released. I, one last thing for Codebreakers though, is that in the end game, it can be very handy for kind of, planning that last turn where you are just barely going to hit 30 points. Mm -hmm. It's just going to add that little extra kind of surety to something that you're going to try. Or if you're like, oh, I could attempt this route, but it would be ruined if they had an ambush because I can only attack with like one warrior or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, if you have to hit a sympathy, for example. So, yeah, C tier I think is where it belongs because situationally it could be okay. All right. 
Let's talk about Scouting Party. This is another mouse-suited card, and there are two of these in the deck. They cost two mouse crafters. Jake? As an attacker in battle, you are not affected by ambush cards. Yes, this is the card Kyle was just talking about. It's way better than Codebreakers. Dude, this card is scary when someone crafts it. Yeah. I'm like, oh, no. (laughs) We're just... It's just mano a mano now. There's no surprises anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I think Scouting Party is really good. Uh, it, it just um, it removes that uncertainty that you experience mm-hmm. as an attacker. Mm-hmm. And just basically you get to take more risks, I think. Now, yeah. I'm, I'm actually realizing something right now. The, the text is you are not affected by ambush cards, right? Uh-huh. So a player should be allowed to play one even though it won't affect you, correct? I guess so. I'm just thinking, I don't think you can do that in digital and that would affect the Lost Souls. Like, if that was, like, your big gambit for, like, discarding yeah. a suited uh, ambush card, you know what I wow. mean? So I see where you're going with this. Yeah, I, right. I don't know. We'd have to really, like, check with uh, the rules lawyers about that. Well, I know in digital you can't, right? Like, right. you just can't use an ambush against someone who's crafted scouting party, so... Yeah, to be clear, it's not saying you can't your opponents cannot play them. Right. It's that you are not affected by their Right. Outcome. Okay, right. okay. Yeah. I guess in the very like literal sense, you probably still could play an ambush <laughs> even if it does nothing. I I think digital made the right call because people will be like, I ambushed them and then nothing happened and then they're gonna get really mad. But Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. No one wants to affect the lost souls to give up an ambush and do so. Ooh, now the outcast is a bunny. Hey, <laughs> Look what I've done. If it avoids turmoil, you might think about it. There might be a situation situation all right anyway guys what do we think of scouting party c or b um i think it's b tier yeah i think it's i think it's better than code breakers yeah it's not as good as armors but it's better than code breakers for sure yeah i think i think b tier is is where that can live great here we go the last of those rabbit actions it's command warren this there's one of these it's a rabbit suited card that costs two rabbit crafters jake what's up with command warren at the start of daylight, may initiate a battle. Yeah, this one's decent. If you're a this battling faction. Yeah, and even if you aren't, sometimes just having that extra action to be able to just battle somewhere right away, see how it goes, and then just kind of respond during your turn mm-hmm. can be very handy. I, I would put Command Warren at the same kind of rank as Cobbler. I was going to say, it kind of feels like the sequel to cobbler which is that at nighttime you walk over there and at daytime you have some tea and beat up the people that were there mm-hmm. yeah like because this happens at the t- start of daylight so it's a resolution of what happened in your evening doesn't this card art feel like this is supposed to be the rabbit tea art <laughs> yeah it does you're right <laughs> that's funny but it's really good it, the, i love the art for this card yeah so much it's really it's sort of like this rabbit general like looking over a map with like little like bitty pieces on it, drinking a hot steaming cup of tea. So we put Cobbler at B tier. I feel like that's also right next to it, right? I, yeah. That, I, that, that's my inclination as well. That yeah. feels right. Uh, it gets you a little bit over the course of the game, but it is one of those cards that I find myself just like not using on an occasion. Like right. a handful of turns. I just, there's no good place for me to like take a risky battle. Whereas movement is generally like there's a probably a benefit you can find. Battle is a risk that you will be finding. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that if this card said in daylight, you may initiate a battle instead of at the start of daylight, this card would be an A tier. But this weird timing, it's like a lot of factions move during daylight. 
So it's like I have to be set up there in a previous turn, and that player that I'm set up in their clearing has had a turn since I put my guys there. Like, I don't know. Yeah. The the one faction this does really help, though, is weirdly it's like the Eerie, right? You think they yeah. already have plenty of battles, but this actually does help them uh, if they are stuck in a clearing to regain rule potentially and move out uh or if they don't have enough guys to recruit yes they can potentially like lose a guy or two and like make it back to yeah uh that threshold yeah i've seen that happen yeah. to glorious effect before all right so b tier for command <laughs> b tier warren. for command warren all right controversy abound it's time for stand and deliver uh, uh -oh. i believe there's only one of these in the deck no there are two Okay, there are two stand and delivers in the deck. Yeah, uh, what's this the is, crafting cost on this card? It's a fox-suited card that costs three mice crafters. Three mouse crafters. What does it do, Jake? It's an expensive card. Must do something awesome. In Birdsong, may take a random card from another player, and that player scores one point. Come on. <laughs> crazy. <laughs> this is a crazy card. This is just the expensive swap meet and charm offensive yeah you're giving them a point it's just not a card i mean i can see the situational fringe cases of like lizards liking it or crows liking it but this is not a good card and this there is not a good robin hood card either because stealing from the leader just gives them more points and so then you just end up stealing from the person in last place and like and now you're just stealing from the poor, you know what I mean? It's, <laughs> yeah. It's not a good Robin Hood card. So yeah. this is this is straight up evil. Uh also way too expensive. I'm I'm almost never crafting this card. Yeah, yeah. It is it is hyper bad. I think that also the fact that there are two of them in the deck goes against it. Like it is taking up room that another card could have had another copy. <laughs> um so I think we're putting this in D tier. Are we agreed? Okay, so yeah, just for be. the sake of debate, since you guys both concluded this, <laughs> I mean, where does this go in relation to Charm Offensive? Because Charm Offensive doesn't hurt the other person. This one does. Is this yeah. better than Charm Offensive or worse or same? It's a little more zero-sum than Charm Offensive because they just straight up lose a card yeah. and they gain a point. Yeah. It, it does feel almost like it really could make a difference. Or it could be, yeah, I mean, you're just playing the lottery and giving them a point for the privilege of doing so. It also feels like an endgame swing option, though, of like if you do need another card suit-wise. I don't yeah, know. No, none of this is going to work for most of these factions, guys. Because you're going to put three mouse crafters on the board, and people aren't yeah. going to think you have stand and deliver in your hand. Yeah. They think you have favor of the mice in your hand. Okay. This card, in order to craft it, is going to require heat that you're going to gain at the table for most factions. Someone could surprise craft, stand, and deliver. It could happen. <laughs> but I just feel like it's a scary thing to do, unless you can like yeah. point to it in the discard pile and be like, that's not what I'm doing. Yeah. Okay. Or if you're able to get it crafted, it would provide some benefit. I would um, rather have its effect than Charm Offensive, but I'm probably going to craft Charm Offensive more often because of the exorbitant price. The cost price. is so much lower, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, just think about it, though. Like, if it's in your hand and you draw a, an evening and you have six cards in your hand, which which card are you getting rid of? I'm like, it's always standing to live. <laughs> <laughs> There's like almost always a more useful card that's going to be in the hand. Okay, then that, that means it's D tier. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. 
All right, another uh, fantastically expensive card. We've got Tax Collector. This one is also a fox, and there are three copies of Tax Collector in the deck. That's right. Uh, so Tax Collector costs one of each crafter, a rabbit, a mouse, and a fox. What does it do? Once in daylight, may remove one of your warriors to draw a card. Okay. This is great. This card is great. It is a good card. That's a good effect. It's hard to craft. Some factions can't craft it. The Vagabond <laughs> and the Lizards being <laughs> those. Yeah. The Lizards would love to craft this oh, card. It's just such a heartbreaking scenario for the Lizards. Um, so wh where does it go? Uh, because it's pretty good. Like, the Eerie love this card. I'm trying to think of other factions. Cats, um, moles. I mean, everybody does love this card. Everybody kind of loves this card, right? Like, I was trying to think maybe maybe the Alliance, but even them, because they can, if they're still planning to plop down more bases and get free recruits, they might not mind it. It's really easy for them to craft. They just don't have that many warriors to begin yeah. with. It's just not as good with the Withered Alliance. They're already drawing a billion cards right? most of the time anyway. Right. Um, but I think that's the, besides them, everybody kind of likes this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, cats, I said that it's good for them, but they're not going to have three workshops and three different clearings. So I mean, Corvids would love this card. Yes. Corvids would really dig it. This kind of puts it between B and A. It is just a little bit hard to craft to make yeah, it Yeah, I would right? say the expense for me yeah. knocks it from A tier to B tier. I think yeah. you guys are right. Um, but the effect is pretty good. And to be honest, like one warrior for one card feels like a, a steal. Like that's a that's a great deal. Mm -hmm. I, but again, the art is now bringing it back up to A because it's inspecting contraband while wearing contraband. So, <laughs> it's I really mean, good. Yeah, it's a it's a good uh, card. Tough, tough, I like tough. the art a lot on tax card. It's the one that I use for my uh, screen guy. <laughs> a profile oh, it picture. Is. I see it now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, all right, B it is. All right, here we go. Let's talk about the most expensive card to craft in the game. It is Royal Claim. This is a bird card. There is only one of them, and it costs four wild crafters, four crafters, any suits. Uh, Jake, what does Royal Claim do? In Birdsong, may discard this to score one point per clearing you rule. This could be a lot of points. It could be no points. It's hard to craft. Some factions will craft it just because they can. This is a hard one to pin down for me. Yeah, this does definitely feel like um, almost like a relic from the time when you were either controlling a lot of clearings or able to craft a lot of cards. Right. And that was like a real kind of binary mm -hmm. kind of scale. Things have become a little more complex in the faction kind of spread so it feels like royal claim has gotten really murky and now with a faction like the warlord or something like they, it could get really messy with royal claim i tend to see this as a card that pretty much i mean you can you could get some benefit kind of no matter what on a turn timer delay because you know a point is a point right several points is several points it's always really good it's really expensive to craft but it's wild crafters so you know kind of however you can get it just go for it yeah kyle you're right a point's a point and we keep talking about like how expensive a card is or its cost but truly a root it's a threshold we have to meet right. and yeah we don't want to go out of our way to like 
make sure we do this thing. But like when this thing falls in your lap, like, yeah, you might as well craft it. Even if you get one point, that's one point you didn't have. Yeah. And I mean, it's generally not going to be one point when you spend it too, right? If it's going to be one right. point, you're using that to <laughs> to get your last point is what yeah. you did. Yeah. Like, so it's going to be multiple points, which puts it pretty high for me. I, I like the threshold is the threshold requirement is a really good, uh, really good point, Sam, because you're you can you can get four you can get four crafting pieces it's going to be some work but you're not going to want to reveal this thing in turn three anyway so like that's fine you you can work towards that project and it's still a bird at the end of the day so i don't know at yeah. least b i think probably b yeah i would throw it in, in b tier yeah it's it's just again it's a little bit expensive um out of reach for some factions yeah in most normal games and I would say that the one weird downside is once you craft this card, everyone is suddenly hyper aware of how many clearings mm -hmm. you rule. And it could be a nice like way to get some entanglement going if people are racing, because this is an awesome racing card. Yeah. And so that would kind of draw some heat. Um, and because it sits on your, you know, player mat until the next bird song comes around, like um oh, actually, although this is an in bird song uh trigger. Yeah. So any um, factions who craft in Birdsong would have the opportunity to also use it. Mm. Yep. Yeah, Corvids. So, Corvids again. Yeah. Or it doesn't say at the start of Birdsong. No, it says in Birdsong. So anything you can do to change the numbers in your Birdsong, you know, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. I mean, thematically, are Corvids even allowed to play Royal Claim? <laughs> right, yeah. The, the trash birds <laughs> ascending to the throne? Yeah, mm, that, that, that's know. a total usurper goal there. Ooh. I think we are also obligated to mention uh, that the underground duchy uh, does count the burrow as an additional clearing that they rule for this for the purposes of royal claim. Oh, pretty sweet, pretty sweet yeah. for them. Yeah. That being said, I feel like I've never seen the duchy score big points on this. I this is an eerie dynasties card. Well, but the thing with duchy though is like they don't need to score big points in it. They need to score a few points with it in addition to their sway. So like. Yeah, if they're, I don't know, in a turtle situation, which that's the most situations they're in, they could get away with it. And, like, they could use one of their many moves towards the end game to, like, randomly rule two more clearings all of a sudden, and then yeah. it's five points. Yeah, that would be insane. Again, it's a really good racing card, because you, yeah. you don't really have to put that much effort into maximizing your royal claim points. It's just like, yeah, if you can score an extra, like, mm -hmm. three points on a turn, like, <laughs> why wouldn't you? That's great. Yeah. yeah. All right, B for royal claim. Next up, we've got Sappers. This is a bird-suited uh, card. There are two of them in the deck. It costs one mouse crafter. What Sappers do? In battle, as defender, may discard this to deal an extra hit. Yeah, so it's, you know, a lamer version of armorers. <laughs> Doesn't protect you. It just kind of is a little spike, a little disincentive for someone to uh, attack you. Just makes everybody have to pay a more expensive price to stop you in a lot of cases. Yeah, right? it's like a weak it ambush that everyone can see. Yeah. Problem is, it's a bird card, right? Mm, yeah. I'd rather use it as a bird card, right? If you're the cats, for sure. Uh, as as things, the lizards, yes. I'm crafting this, you know? Yeah. Because I don't want the bird card. Um, yeah. And you just want to be as kind of spiky yeah, as possible. Yeah. I'll, I, I mean... Even Woodland Alliance, if Woodland Alliance crafts this, it really sucks too. Like, but it's one hit, and you dis 
card it. Yeah. That's kind it of It feels a just a little bit like a little bit lame <laughs> in turn or just like yeah. a little light. It's effect yeah. is, it yes. doesn't really change that much usually. Like at most it would just like bop one more enemy warrior usually. So like uh, it's C. No. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna call this a C tier card. Really? All right, I'll yeah, go I'm with spending you guys. It for its suit way more than it's. You're, you were gonna say B because it prevents a hit or deals a hit. I him? think it's B because it just uh, it just is it's used. Like I will always use it at some. Oh. Point. Mm-hmm. You know? Yes, okay. that's true. Once built, it won't be ignored. Right. Like, I can see that point, but. Yeah, I mean, a bird, a bird card and I other think processes. It's so interesting because I think we're all just like kind of like coming at these cards from the perspective of our main factions, you know. So like, when when I when it's like it's a bird card, like for me, I'm like, forget bird cards because I'm a lizard's player. But, but Sam, like, crucially, everybody else does not forget bird cards than yeah. the one faction you're referring to. Yeah, yeah. I would say though, the, the, here's what here's what makes it C tier in my mind. Uh-huh. When someone else at the table crafts sappers, <laughs> my plans don't change. No, in no. any way. I'd bring one more guy. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm, I, yeah. Usually, I don't even bring another guy. I'm just right. like, I'm still gonna do it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, C tier for sappers, and the last card of the standard deck. We have the most infamous card. Favor of the foxes, mice, or rabbits. Uh, it is of their suit, and it costs three crafters of that suit, whether it's mice, fox, or rabbits. Jake, we all know what it does, but tell us anyway. <laughs> Remove all enemy pieces from that suit's clearing, then discard this card. Holy Delete moly. their banking account. <laughs> yeah. Routing number. So this is a game-ending card, and I would say it's probably the only one in all the root decks where it's like, if somebody plays this, the game is over. Not uh, not in every situation, but I, I've i remembered a handful of them. The game is radically yeah. different, for sure. Yeah, yeah. It, it can occasionally just open up a lot of space for another faction to come in and win. But usually if you're crafting this card, you're, you've just dealt way too much damage to everybody else to like yeah. really come back from in the space of a root game. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, are these anything but S tier? Like, I feel like, well, it might cause some heat on you, but it's like, that's no reason to not do it. Yeah. Yeah. Should you go out of your way to do it? I, well, I don't know. That actually depends on the faction. Because sometimes yeah. you have this in your hand and you're like, ooh, maybe I could try and like go for this. Yeah. And then you end up changing your plans and then it just doesn't work out. Um I feel like it's they're so situational, right? It's like, here's a battle plan for one of your realities. Are you currently in that reality? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like uh, yeah, I understand the hesitation to to like I understand that we should be putting it in S, but it, it borderlines A for me because the majority of the time I draw it, I can't effectively craft it. That's yeah. a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, the prohibitive cost might push it. It might suppress it slightly from from that S. And tier. S S also is a factor of that. Is should we go out of our way to do that? And that's not always the case with these. Yeah, it isn't always the case. Also, the things we're blowing up in those clearings might not be 
the game ender that we need it to be, right? It's also dependent upon what's there. It's not just that you get to blow up three clearings of your choice. It's three clearings of that suit, too. Yeah, four. That you already have presence in. Or four, yeah. excuse me. Yeah. yeah, and it does depend on the faction, too, because sometimes in order to have crafting pieces of that suit, you, like, have to effectively just, like, take over three of those clearings. Mm-hmm. And that can... I mean, then it's like the work is already done for you. Like, right, what's the right. point of even crafting this? Right, and then the other clearing's empty or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. That, In a five-player game, this gets real fun, though. Oh. It can be a <laughs> um, okay, yeah, I, I'm comfortable with putting the favors at A tier. Yeah, I think it is A for the reasons you guys said that, like, it is still situational. Is mm-hmm. it the best? Is it the most devastating card once it's crafted? Of course, but... It's been a while since I've been in a game where someone was able to get away with this too. Like yeah. as the meta has evolved, like of course we're all on the lookout for this devastating card. You know, only the Tinker obviously can pull this off very easily, but I think I've run across the situations the last times I've crafted favor of being the birds or something and just like Kyle said Taking over all the clearings I need to craft it is basically doing three-fourths of the work of the card anyway. Um, so I think it's very powerful, but... And I just don't think it's a, a well-designed card. <laughs> like, it's just like... <laughs> it breaks the game a little too much for my taste. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm narking it, and it's going down to A. It's just so hard to accomplish. It's not overpowered, you know? Oh, it's overpowered. Yeah, It's difficult to craft it but its effect is ridiculous. Yeah. All right. It's going in A. All right. Let's do it. So now we can move on to the Exiles and Partisans deck cards here. Let's start with Eerie Emigre. All right. Eerie Emigre is a bird-suited card. It costs two Fox Crafters, and there's only one copy of it in the deck. Jake, Eerie Emigre. At the end of Birdsong, take a move. Then initiate a battle in the clearing you moved into. If you did not take both actions, discard this card. Wow, specific. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's like a little mini decree card you get. Very interesting card. S tier art. S tier art, absolutely. I love this (laughs) bird. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, there's only one in the deck. It's so cool. I mean, we're getting into the Exiles and Partisans cards, which are just like so much cooler. Um, (laughs) How do we rank Eerie Emigre, gang? I think Eerie Emigre sounds cooler than it is Mm -hmm. and i i i very rarely used it and kept it longer than like two turns Mm -hmm. because then you just you inevitably hit a place where you're just like oh i'm a little war exhausted i need to rebuild like yeah i feel like every time i've crafted it i now have a part-time job (laughs) (laughs) and it's early in the day and every morning i have to go into work and i have to go do something or else i'm not gonna get paid Or actually, I'm going to get something taken away from me. I'll get docked. <laughs> so, I don't know. And I also don't have a lot of faction situations where I'm like, I really need to move and do a battle at the start of my bird song. Like, I can't think of a lot of scenarios. <laughs> so that's super important. Yeah, the strict timing window and then the slightly high cost of two fox crafters, for me, makes this like... And also, just like the effect is not that impressive. Yeah. I, I think this is a D tier card. <laughs> D? Yeah. I'm surprised you say D because if it's played late game and you know you're going to be rampaging and you need to be rampaging to stop some leaders that aren't you, boy, it comes in handy. Because it's not that you're never going to craft it. It's you're going to situationally craft it, right? 
Mm. And those situations, though rare, at least kind of bump it into a C tier. Yeah, it's just like, unless you craft in Birdsong and have it everything set up and ready to go, it's on a turn timer delay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So if you really need to affect the board state, <laughs> I just, I don't know. I, yeah, but at least it gives you the option on their next turn. So Okay, so you discard it. At least you got over and you got a free crusade out of it. All right. You know what makes it C tier? The fact that it's a bird card. All right. I thought that was making it a D tier card because you're like, <laughs> I would rather have the bird card every single time. But we regard, oh my God. Okay. This is something we have to get clear. <laughs> we regard bird as slightly better, don't we? Yeah. Because it, it gives but you it access goes... to more. Um... But Sam, we're evaluating not the card as as it's crafted. We're evaluating the card, which includes right. its suit. You're right. You're right? You're and right. it is valuable to the lizards because you can swap it for a dominance card. Yeah. For any suit of dominance card. Um, I mean, you could go aggro lizards with this card. <laughs> I mean, I'm spending this card to guess a plot. I'm spending this card to open a path. Uh, and, and I think that still qualifies it as C. It is still rarely crafted like some of those others are. It's just that there are situations where we'll use it. Whereas, like, stand and deliver not so much. <laughs> but all of, yeah. all of the situations we just laid out are spending it for its suit, which is the qualifications for D tier, I thought. But it is a bird card, so... <laughs> I'm t- I'm giving it C because of the option it does give you, even if that option isn't needed very often. Got it. But I think I'm in the minority. Maybe it's D. Maybe I'm wrong. Ah, uh, no, I'm I'm swayed back to D tier. I just okay. think it's not a good card. All right, right. D tier it is. Eerie emigre. Even the art didn't push it over. Either. Yeah, <laughs> that's heartbreaking. It is. Here's another one with some swell art. This is Corvid Planners. Corvid Planners, a bird card. It costs two wild crafters, so any two crafters will do. There's only one of these in the deck. What does it do, Jake? While moving, you ignore rule. What? (laughs) I just love this art so much because the the cats (laughs) clearly own this town. And this Corvid guy's just like, okay, I don't understand. (laughs) Maybe no crows allowed. (laughs) I have a a cat. Well, and they're like, you're sure this is this is the guy who's the best at this? Yeah, we're going to raid you tomorrow. (laughs) I feel like that's it, Kyle, right? Like the Corvids move without rule right and so these cats are like this is the guy who's gonna help (laughs) us do this and he's just got his tongue sticking out all derpy i love the art on this i know how to move (laughs) (laughs) um so the corvid planners this is a this is a really game-breaking card depending on who you are this unlocks so many options for you uh, in the mid and late game. I mean, probably mm-hmm. in the early game too, but mid and late game for sure. Also, like this crafting cost is just two of any. That's yeah. awesome. That's very yeah. doable. It's super flexible. Yeah. That means if you have one mouse and one rabbit, you could still craft this card. Mm-hmm. I, I think this is a good card. Uh, I'm a mobility guy. I love like when stuff on the map is happening yeah you can like move around and in definitely in a few maps in particular there's this issue of like choke points uh or becoming isolated or like not being able to access uh a player's clearing with a bunch of stuff in it and this just totally sidesteps all of that it really allows a player to kind of optimize the number of warriors they want to bring somewhere in a way that's like it's just really hard to beat 
Like if you just need to have three warriors in this clearing at the end of your turn, you can do that no matter what. Like, yeah. I mean, it, I can't think of a faction that's not scarier having crafted this card. I guess yeah. the lizards, it doesn't matter. But anyone who's moving, that's scary. Really? Does it draw it's much heat? Good. Like I was, I was about to say that. Like I don't think anyone's gonna bother sabotaging this. But are no. you really frightened of other people having it? I am, but not like it's not. It's not like threatening, but it is like, oh wow, that fact. Like if the Eerie Dynasties has this, like, well, their puzzle just got a lot easier. Yes. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if the Woodland Alliance has this, you should sabotage it. <laughs> yes. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> But for most other factions, it just is like an unambiguous like benefit, and it, it makes all of their calculations a ton easier, and could could lead to some kind of game changing situations. It's one of those ones where like if it's in my hand, I'm like excited to craft it. Yeah, it's it's a tier, right? I think so. I think it's a tier, absolutely. Awesome. Is it is it not S tier? Yeah. I mean, it's better Burrow Bank is S tier. Yeah, I mean, Corvid Planners might might bump up to S, maybe. It is one of a kind in the deck, so you know if you've got it, no one else does. I mean, you said it yourself. You're excited to see it in your hand, which means you're probably going to craft it anytime you have it, which is our qualifications. Would you go out of your way to craft Corvid Planners? I feel you like can't, you, you don't, don't need e- to go. You, you don't even need to. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing that might push it to S tier is its its flexibility with crafting cost. Right, because we said that favor was an S tier effect, but it was like too expensive, mm-hmm. so it got bumped down. I feel mm-hmm. like this is the inverse, where right. it's like it's a really good effect, but it's also cheap as hell. So yeah. we should all right S tier that Corvid planners. I think that's right. Yeah. All right, false orders. <sighs> yeah. The this card is... that we undervalued accidentally one time, and then everyone who's come on the show has said it's their favorite <laughs> card. What do we think? It's a fox card. It has one fox crafter requirement, and in Birdsong, may discard this card to move half of an enemy's warriors, round it up, from any clearing, as if you were that player, ignoring rule. Dang, you guys. (laughs) Oh, it's so good. This card is awesome. Yeah. I really, really like False Orders. It's extremely um, affordable at one fox crafting cost mm-hmm. um there's multiple copies in the deck mm-hmm. so it comes up a good amount and its effect is so scary yeah. when it's crafted i feel like i have to be a little nicer to that player so that they <laughs> ruin my game you know yeah <laughs> and it happens anywhere you know you just pick a clearing somewhere mm-hmm. so like even if you are ignoring that player across the board because they're on the other side of the forest from you they have false orders, so they can still mess with you very effectively. Yeah, and it's so open-ended, yeah. right? Like, you can choose just whatever yeah. player in whatever clearing. So it's extremely, like, creative. It's up to the individual to, like, make the best choice for them. And it's a really simple effect, just moving half of their force out of a clearing. But the uh, the impact of that is potentially devastating. It's also an offensive tool that it's hard to plan for when it's against you. So if you see oh it, uh, one of your opponents, you're like, okay, everything I do now, I must consider that I will lose half my warriors <laughs> in one of my clearings. But it's not that I will lose them. I will have them move to a different location. It's like, ah, 
That's a, <laughs> that's like a Sherlock level of arithmetic we have to start thinking about, right? It is kind of fun, yeah. yeah. Well, it's kind of fun. See, I was saying I would ignore that arithmetic and just treat, keep playing as best I could and hope I didn't get false orders. But I love that you're like, yes, it's a new puzzle. <laughs> <laughs> also, if there was any hope of a dominance victory before this card was released, it was certainly shattered when this card came out. Yeah, that is the dominance killer, isn't it? So, I mean... Is it anything but S-tier, False Orders? Oh, it's hella S-tier. Yeah. I'll say it's S-tier, obviously, because it's cheap, and why would you wouldn't spend it as a fox because you want it to do it. So you're going to yeah. do it all the time, right? But yeah. is it effect game-breaking in a way? Like, the things that are up here yes. have a permanent lasting effect, except for Ambush. Um, but, like, they kind of stay in play in some way. Right. Whereas yeah, this, is, this a is a one-time thing use. of, like, you know, four warriors max kind of movement. Cause most well, we, we've been calling paid. it, the like, the dominance killer. Uh, killer. But I also think this is a bit of a Kingslayer card as yeah. well. Yes. Because yeah. if there's somebody with, like, a good position, you have the ability to kind of temporarily, like, ruin their defenses, which opens the door for you or for another player to kind of step in and, and make them pay for it. And that's what it's always planned for in, I think, every game that I've ever seen. It's like, okay, now I can stop the problem at the table when it yep. occurs. Yeah. Yeah. False orders can save uh, can save the game. Sure. That's a good enough reason. Yeah. And it's and cheap. And if you have crafted it and you use it to save the game, just you have a whole extra turn now to, like, try and come up with a, a win. So, I, yeah, it's, uh, it's super S tier for me. Real quick, yeah. though, what is happening in the art? Is that a victim of false orders and he's being told to walk yes. off that cliff? Yes. Got it. <laughs> okay, got it. Yeah, he's looking at it like, hmm. hmm. <laughs> yeah, he's about to hold up a sign that says, yikes, as he falls <laughs> down. All right, uh, next card we have to talk about are the partisan cards. Mm. Mouse partisans, fox partisans, and rabbit partisans. They all uh, are of their suit and cost one of their given suit. Jakes, what do partisans do? Well, Sams, in battle in that suited clearing, may deal one extra hit, then discard all your cards except for that suit. So, for instance, it's, it's in fox clearings. You discard all your cards except foxes including birds. So there is an extra price to pay for this, but the price is not discarding this card. So you can continue using partisans throughout the game. Also cheap to do, a permanent battle upgrade. It's a decent card. It's a what cost that I'm terrified of every time I craft it. And now I've have yeah. found my opponents are very intimidated by my ability to use it, but I find that I'm always like, I just don't want to use it because I have non- suited cards in my hand that I have a lot of more plans for than dealing one extra hit. Yeah, I definitely agree with you about the PR thing where like it's it's really scary when someone is sitting on partisans. Yeah. Is there just one copy of each? Yeah. So for me, the thing I like about this card is that it, it's a may effect. Like you don't have to use yeah. it. Also, you get to see what the result of the dice roll is before you choose to activate it or not. Ooh, yeah. that's a good point. Which I think is really good. It's just like you you have like all the information. It's very friendly yeah. in terms of its activation. To me, Fox Partisans kind of mechanically is best when you're trying to like defend a clearing. Because once you use it in that first battle, you've gotten rid of all the cards that aren't whatever suit it is. And then you can just keep activating it for free from that point forward until you draw cards again. <laughs> 
it, it is one of those things where you like you don't really want to use it unless you really have to but if you really have to you can just keep going mm-hmm. yeah extra mm-hmm. hits every battle mm-hmm. you know i think this is a really i think these cards are really good oh you don't have to use them only defensively either you can use them yeah. on offense yeah well. it's in battles right i mean yeah. it's a pretty safe b tier especially because of how cheap it is it might push it into a right i i would say it's an easy a tier okay. for me yeah i think we have to put a tier interesting that like favor of and partisans which are kind of the weird mirror cards to each other are both in a tier next to each other yeah i i mean is there a case for for partisans being s tier i think there are too many factions that use their cards for it to be a full s tier because it's also just one extra hit but yeah often all and your defense. cards all your cards, guys, except that yeah, suit. Yeah, I mean, it does hurt to lose the, the hand, for sure. And you're not going to do it. It's not like you're you're paying that price. It's You're going to choose not to use it, which I think makes it less than S tier. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The Thankfully, you don't have to do that. It's not like every battle you got to discard all your cards. It's, you still have this choice, right? So you won't always make that choice because you'd rather keep the cards. But because you won't always make that choice, it's not as valuable. All right. So we're good All with right. A I'm tier. I'm comfortable. I'm good with that in A tier. And All to right. be clear, Mouse is the best art, right? Yeah. yeah. The, I was just going to say Mouse Partisans is the best one. <laughs> it's like the little, little x-ray of the mouse with this tiny little dagger inside a barrel. <laughs> That's so cute. I like that we both had to get that caveat in. I, I had to. We can't move on without addressing this. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about Charm Offensive. This Charm. is <laughs> Charm. Uh, this is a rabbit card. Only one of them in the deck costs one rabbit crafter. What does it do? At start of evening, may draw a card and choose another player to score one point. Now, I have famously been very cold on this card. I don't think it's a good card, but I've been talked to and people have shown me graphs about how I'm wrong about this. So was was the graph just like on the x-axis how wrong you are and the y-axis is just time and you got gradually more wrong? Like what what yeah. do you mean that you show graph? I just feel like people are like, well, it's extra card draw, which is inherently good. And it's right. Like, yeah, I get that, but it's an evening. I think it's for factions that don't draw above their limit. That's well. That's what I was going to ask you guys. So it's at the start of evening, right? And everybody's discard down to is at the end of their evening, correct? Yeah. So you are going to discard this. You are going to discard something if you're at your maximum. If you're drawing beyond your maximum. Right. Now it's good to like curate your hand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's important. But you're curating a hand at the cost of giving an opponent a point. Yeah, and then everyone's like, "Well, you can use that as a barter tool." Yeah, I suppose you're bartering off turns, so people can break it and also like do, do people really value that point much when they're like is i don't know i have i have i've crafted this a few times and in my uh, anecdotal experience like as a bartering tool people want it but they're not really to do much for it it feels like superficial interaction this card mm-hmm. I, I also feel like this is one card that people just forget to use <laughs> yeah pretty regularly yeah. to me I think it's fine. Also, like, you're just giving a point to the person in last place, kind of no matter what anyone says. Right, yeah. Um, it's just the same thing as Better Burrow Bank, yeah. but with a point. Uh, but you're just drawing at a worse step of the turn. So, definitely not S tier. I kind of don't even think it's A tier, just because, like, a card for a point, it's just almost not the a good cost. A card draw still is super valuable, though. But, like, I agree. The point is so... 
what <laughs> I think I think the it's fact safe that B. it's so cheap makes it yeah maybe B tier for me I, I'd agree with that for me I would rather have sappers or eerie emigre or stand and deliver crafted obviously what? those cards are more expensive Whoa. yeah I'd rather have stand and deliver as well but right that's a that's a that's a different requirement Sam that's three mouses yeah. versus I'd one rather rabbit. have sappers than charm offensive um whoa but... so those graphs did nothing to convince you no I... <laughs> <laughs> well here's the thing i know i know if i'm crows i should craft charm offensive and that's a whole different game but everybody else i'm like what's the big deal you know what i mean it's also a it's a may it's not like you have to i know I mean, do you think this should be a C tier? Okay, wait then? a minute. I think that you guys are right in B tier, but I just want to continue the narrative that I don't rate Charm Offensive very high. I will share your narrative that I don't rate Charm Offensive very high because I personally am biased against giving people points. I think you and I share that perspective, <laughs> but I am convinced of the value of card draw opening up possibilities. So I think it trends into B. I wouldn't rather have Code Breakers or Sappers than it. All right, it's the bottom of B tier, though. Uh, oh, as long as we can make that clear <laughs> for everybody. Sam puts it at the bottom. All right. Yeah, all right. Speaking of not the bottom, uh, we got Coffin Makers. Now, there's only one copy of Coffin Makers. It's a rabbit mm -hmm. card with two rabbit crafters as its requirement. Jake, tell us what this does. All right, sit down, children. This is going to be a long story. It's <laughs> just a wall of text. <laughs> Whenever any warriors would return to a supply, place them on this card instead. At start of Birdsong, you score one point per five warriors here, then return all warriors here to their supplies. This all card right. is constantly a game changer. Yeah, people always react when this card gets crafted. Everyone's like, oh no. <laughs> yeah. People react when they draw this card. You hear them go, <gasps> no one has a poker face when they draw this card. <laughs> also, if we're talking about card art, you guys, this is one of the best. <laughs> this one is pretty cute, yeah. <laughs> the lizard busting out of the coffin is like, <laughs> it's so scary. That must be really scary for that rabbit undertaker <laughs> yeah yeah i don't oh, know what his deal is just a crafts person like i just make these yeah <laughs> this one's just full no no biggie um obviously yeah. this thing stacks up really big when there's a lot of armies fighting or when there's just warriors returning to a supply the lizard spending acolytes the river folk spending warriors the woodland alliance organizing it's like this thing sucks up cards so often i'm playing a game and someone goes actually that goes to coffin makers <laughs> right like that's the phrase when you're playing with this card and if it's not stopped people will get two or three points a turn sometimes when this for not doing like anything it. yeah just 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 benefiting off the bloodshed it's in crazy the woods. good it's i don't know it's unquestionably yes right because we are always going to use it like whoever discards this for a rabbit suit like, people are going to pause the game and check if they're okay, right? <laughs> I mean, if you don't have any hope of crafting it, sure, whatever. Sure, sure, I But, suppose. like, it is worth trying to consider going out of your way to yeah. try to get it crafted. Yeah. I mean, of the of the cards that cost two rabbit crafters, we have Bake Sale and Better Burrow Bank in S tier. I think Coffin Makers probably deserves to go there as yeah, well. Yeah, Coffin Makers is S tier for sure. The, the nice thing about Coffin Makers is it is a totally passive card for you 
but it's just a total nuisance for everyone else at the table. And it just bring, brings in points. It's literally the, like, you know, passive income of... <laughs> It also yeah. disrupt. I think some things that pe- that new players forget about is that it disrupts the warrior economy of other players because sometimes yeah. they need their warriors back in their supply for spending, and that's mm-hmm. that's very important. It's not just free points; it's actually a detriment to your opponents in some cases. And it, it really hurts some people like a lot. I would say the uh, Woodland Alliance and the River Folk are good examples yeah. of factions that this like really does not help in any way because uh, there's a lot of steps in the River Folk, especially. Uh, on their board that require taking funds and returning them to the supply and then like recruiting a dude out on the map for example and and usually like you if you are if you have like a lot of river folk warriors in your payments box or in your funds uh you can just kind of skip the whole like choreography there and just put it straight out on the map but when coffin makers in play that gets a lot harder and you can just easily run out of warriors and then if you don't have any in your supply at the top of your turn and no one has paid you, you don't get any income as the otters. Like, this this card can kill your game. <laughs> yeah. So, be on the lookout. Anyway, Coffin Makers is great. I think it's I think it's S-tier. Yeah, S-tier. Sure. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about informants. But before we talk about what it costs and what its suit is, I have to fess up that I messed up the podcast. All right? I made a mistake last week when we were talking about the crows. I said that you could use informants to scare to still draw an ambush, even if you exerted. Uh, I got this conflated what Nev told me about how you can use charm offensive to get an extra draw in evening, and you can use informants on that extra draw. Mm, okay. So you could take an ambush instead of drawing a card with tra- charm oh, offensive. Oh, that's a cool little combo. But I, I said things wrong because I didn't read the card. So I guess we should read the card this time. <laughs> Informants, it is a fox card. It costs two fox crafters. And there is only two of them in the deck. Jake, what does it do? In evening, if you would draw cards, you may instead take one ambush card from the discard pile. Parentheses, don't feel bad if you misinterpret this. <laughs> Which is nice. It's nice to have an effect on the game. The fact that they'd add that text after our guide is very sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, this isn't a card that anyone crafts, right? I do rarely see it crafted. It almost feels like by the time you get this level of crafting power... You're already drawing multiple cards in evening, and why give that up for an ambush? That everybody knows you have. <laughs> yeah. Right. I right. think a public ambush is more effective than well, a surprise. A surprise. But that's true. I suppose. Yeah. I mean, if if you've if you're rocking a four card hand anyway that you like, <laughs> come on. <laughs> like I don't know. <laughs> it really feels like its its effect is. A little watered down for its cost. It's it's not like it deals extra hits, right? It's that it prepares you to defend against it, right? Or like I guess you can counter yeah. an ambush. So I don't know. I think it's C, right? I think this is the same flavor as like it's just a little bit stronger tea than sappers. I don't know. A little bit. I think it's just too expensive for something I'm never going to use. Yeah. yeah. It does when, feel I've never like, seen yeah. someone use this card. I don't think. It's so expensive to forego the the hand refill at the end of the turn. 
the contrary nature of me is like trying to write down every card that Sam hates, and I'm like, I'm going to use it on him next game so, <laughs> to show him how good. I'd Gary love, Amager's I'd love that. Be. Yeah, yeah. You just use a bunch of informants and charm <laughs> offensive against me. Let's see how it goes. Um, I guess I would throw this in either D or C tier. What do you guys think? I think Sam I think... wants more blood, and he wants more D tier cards. Yeah, I, think I think it is a D tier card. Yeah, I mean, it's I would rather spicy. use Eerie Emigre. Yeah, right. They're the same cost. I would rather have Eerie Emigre than Informants. Right. At least I get one move in a battle after it. Yeah. I'm not gonna ever take the ambush. Right. Right. Yep. All right. I'm can I'm. I don't want to fight for Informants. It can it can stay D tier. Get out of here, Informants. Jake. I I think it is D two. I I guess here's my last caveat to think about here is that. The card that it's giving us is what we consider A and S cards. I know. And it doesn't go away when we get them. It's it's always the ability to get them. But I, I think I'm in agreement with you, Sam. I'm just trying to remember that factor of it. It's like we, what it gives us is what we considered the best. <laughs> but it gives us less cards. And I yep. think cards mm-hmm. are almost better the that. more you have, even if they're all informants. Yeah. I, okay. Right. Let's stick with D. All right. All right. Uh, here we go. We got Boat Builders. Here's another mobility card. It's a bird-suited card. There's only one of them in the deck, and it costs two wild crafters, two of anything. Jake, what does Boat Builders do? You treat rivers as paths. <laughs> That's simple. Right. Love it. This one always confuses me because I have to really look very carefully at the map and be like, what does this mean? Now, it still means that rivers that run through clearings are considered adjacent to each other for your movement. Is that correct? Or is it adjacent not only for your movement, for any effects that rely on adjacency, right? That's correct. Okay. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that they are connected by all distances, right? So if the river goes across the map, you aren't necessarily connected to a clearing that's on the other end of the river if there's clearings in between you. Hmm? That's right. Okay. Right. Yeah, you can't teleport across the river, but right. you can treat the rivers as paths. Uh, this is a good mobility card. I think it's somewhat affordable. Yeah, I mean, we were we got really excited about Corvid Planners. Yeah, it feels like Boat Builders is a slightly more restricted version of that. But I mean, it's not a bad ability. It's just a little more specific. strict, a little more specific. Yeah. it's like you get access to like three more paths, right, <laughs> than everybody else, and it's not always a shortcut. But it sometimes can be a nice way to like maneuver around. A choke point, which is great. On a map like the lake map, boat builders can be very handy. Mm-hmm. Why? Because you can move around the lake to where the raft is if you're not there, then use it to go somewhere else as well and draw a card? Exactly. Escaping pressure, choke points, any of that. Um, the, the cats can use it to send wood mm-hmm. as well. Which they can't do with Corvid planners. Right. I do find it valuable on the winter map as well because it, it opens up more uh, left to right kind of movement Mm -hmm. through the middle, which can make a big difference on winter map. I mean, it's a tier, right? And I, I think it's a tier. It's also, it's two of any clearing. So that's pretty darn easy to build. I was thinking B tier, but then it's like cobblers in B tier. And it's clearly better than cobbler. (laughs) Well, but within each tier though, Sam, some cards you're going to prioritize more than others. I think, I think one way to classify these tiers is like our urgency for using them or like our excitement about drawing them. Right. The reason I would put it in B initially is because I rarely use it because it feels like the situations where it's valuable, I'm going to need a bird card a little bit more. 
But with what San, with what Kyle made a good point about all the adjacency options and how it does open up so many really cool benefits to some of those maps, I think it leans towards A. And it's cheap. Yeah, it's it's very affordable. The flexibility of crafting it, I think, pushes it from B to A for me. And it's honestly just like a, a an upgrade. It's a static upgrade yeah. to all of your movement options forever. And, and I think it's like a little bit useful... To everyone, almost everyone except the lizards, maybe. Um, yeah. But even the lizards might get some use out of it in some way. All right, let's yeah. put it in A. I think it's towards the bottom of A, but uh, certainly a notch above B. All right. <laughs> Again, I'm a mobility guy. I think anything that gives you broader kind of scope with... And both builders is just you treat rivers as paths. Like, it doesn't care about what phase of your turn it is. and yeah. doesn't care about it being your turn. Yeah, it's a new it's, ability. It's a new thing, a new text to write on your board. Okay, wait. So, Kyle, you just said something that blew my mind, right? It doesn't care if it's your turn. So, if I have boat builders crafted and you use false orders against me, can you, 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 could you use the river with the false orders? Whoa, actually, I don't know. (laughs) My instinct says, yeah. As if you were that player is what false orders says, right? I feel like then you could. Yeah, I think so. I think you could. That's interesting. All right. Okay. Boat builders in A tier. A tier because it's cool. All right. Speaking of cool, we've got League of Adventurous Mice. This is a mouse card. Uh, There are two of them in the deck. They each cost one mouse crafter. What do they do, Jake? Once in daylight may exhaust an item in your crafted item box to make a move or initiate a battle. Yeah. So this is a cool use of, like, the item space. Uh, until this card, there, if there wasn't a Vagabond in the game, it, the items on your board don't really matter, other than, like, being little trophies of points you once got. Uh, so League of Adventurous Mice is a very interesting card, and I find it to be fairly clutch. Yeah, I love having this card crafted. I always forget that you can only use it one time on your turn in Daylight. Oh. I was thinking you can, like, spam it. But, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if uh, I played that correctly (laughs) i've definitely played that wrong at least one time (laughs) yeah once in daylight yeah i think this card is really good because it just gives you that like extra reach and it can be your choice it's really nice if you are in an end game situation and you get to that last battle and it comes up like one one and you're just like no i just needed like two more hits or whatever Mm -hmm. you're like let that item give it another shot it's flexibility and it's card cost. It's one mouse crafter. Like, that's super affordable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're hopefully crafting a few items. It just improves every item that you've crafted by a lot. Right. If you have one crafting slot, uh, you can craft League of Adventurous Mice and four items. Yeah. With just one crafting slot. So it, it, it works really well with itself, like what you would be crafting with. So it's a one-time use. But Well, it's I mean, per I, item I, you've crafted use. Right. right, 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 right. Yeah, each item is a one-time yeah. use. I wanna, I wanna say that as well. This card is good early game and late game. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of good no matter when you have the opportunity to craft it. Uh, how many copies of this are in the deck? Is it two? Two. Okay, cool. I think this card might be, might be A tier, might be S tier. What yeah. do you guys think? I think I was gonna say S, but I think because you have to have items crafted. Like, there's, like, kind of some double luck that needs to happen, um, and it is 
limited in its use, though I've seen it be clutched so many times in games. Yeah. Uh, so I do. I think it goes in A tier. I think it's A tier too, especially because you can only do it once in daylight, right? Yeah, once per turn. Yeah. So like, if you have three items, you're still you're spreading this out over its benefit over three turns. You're doing yeah. either a move or a battle. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a modest situation for sure, yeah. but I think it's still really good. It you know, there's no detriment at all. Like you get at least mm-hmm. some use out of those items that you've already crafted, perhaps. Uh, but you're right about it requiring some item luck as well to to be able to craft it or what? to be able to use it. Uh, well, speaking of item crafting, we've got a lot more of that to come. First up, Master Engravers, a mouse-suited card that costs two mouse to craft, one of them in the deck. What does it do, Jake? Whenever you craft an item, score one extra point. Whoa. 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 Yeah. Wow. I mean, this card is OP. Mm-hmm. But it gets gradually less OP the longer the game goes. Yeah. And your likelihood of having two mouse crafters goes up the longer the game goes. So it's one of those things where it's like the timing has to be right for it to be actually good. It is so situational for its benefit, right? Like I've that being said, Kyle, I've seen you craft it late and get things from it. So it has been done. But every T becomes as good as coins for one crafter. Yeah. yeah, I mean, assuming there's tea left when you are able to craft it. Yeah. The bags become two-pointers, and all of that is within mouse. Yep, yeah, I mean, it's true. It's true. I, I think it's just like League of Adventurous Mice. You do need double luck because you have yeah. to craft this first and then go back and craft <laughs> yeah. the other things that you've been not crafting up to this point or whatever. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I just feel like it's really hard to base your game plan around this card. Yeah, yes. especially but once it's one. up and running... Like, holy moly, it's it's really good. Yeah. If you get it early, it's A tier. If you get it later, it's not. Yeah. Yeah. So I think with that in mind, like, if it was, like, a early thing you could always craft, it'd be S tier for sure. Yeah. The fact that it's a rare card. There's only one copy yeah. in the deck, right? Yeah. It's a rare card, and it's a little... It's, like, kind of mid-expensive. Really makes it a, a timing thing. Like, you have to have it early to get the most benefit from it. That, But, you know, a point's a point. I would say this is an A tier card. Yeah, I'm struggling with A and B here. I think it's B. You guys think it's a B tier? Sam, break the tie. Uh, yeah, I got to break the tie, and I'm I'm really torn. I think I'm trying to look at what else is in B tier. Like, it is better than Scouting Part. Is it better than Scouting Party? Again, you don't have to compare all the cards that are it's in its tier so much as, like, the situations where you're going to craft it. And I feel like percentage wise situationally is that's a much slimmer thing than all the other a tiers, which always feel less situationally good. So much as just good. I would go out of my way to craft it. You would. Yeah. If you had it early, you do it late too. I don't know. I feel like it's decent late. Cause it's like, you can, what's left at the end like a boot and a bag and stuff and it's like well that stuff's two points for you now and those cards are very common yeah Mm -hmm. right there's four copies of each of those cards but uh, yes there's four copies of the cards but if it's late in the game there might be less copies of the tokens yeah 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 i know i know i mean what we could do is we could put it in a and then admit that we're wrong later all right we're putting it in a (laughs) yeah i i agree with this i i'm gonna stick up for it i think master engravers is is a tier it's just not S tier for sure. No, it's not. No. I wish it was. 
All right, Marine Broker to cap off the mouse uh, trifecta here. It's a mouse-suited card. It costs two mouse crafters, and I believe there's only one of them in yep. the deck. Jake, what does it do? Whenever another player crafts an item, draw a card. Dang. I love this card. This card. Yeah, this one's really. I'm always happy to see this one. And it always. Up. There's one copy, so it's pretty rare, but once it hits your hand and you're able to craft it, you are just like, you're on cloud nine, man. It's a good game. It's got the best drawing timing window, which is someone else's turn. Oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> and that someone else, there's three of them in the game, right? Compared yep. to Master Engravers, which really affects one person, and that's you. So mm -hmm. you triggering this is going to happen a little bit more often. And as Sam mentioned, it's going to happen when you're not doing stuff, which is always nice. And it's cool, too, because it's like a tax almost, except you're not hurting anybody. It's just like you just kind of improve a little bit. Yeah. And so I feel like it doesn't draw as much heat at the table as like some of these other cards. Yeah. I feel like Master Engravers does draw a little bit of heat when you see somebody craft a 3.2 or yeah. something. And you're just like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> like we got to. It's a two-point crossbow. We got to like, yeah. go get him. <laughs> uh, this one is just you just like, oh, I'll just grab a card. Nope. Continue your turn. That's You're two doing mouse. Great. Like, that's really doable early on. I mean, I, I think this is S tier. I think it's S tier pretty comfortably for me. Yeah. If, I, I'm happy to see this card. Yeah. I would go uh, out of my way to craft this card. Probably only early in mid-game. I, I It's so effective. We talked about card draw so important, and this could be the best card draw card. If yeah, everyone it's, else it's is up crafting. there with better Burrow Bank for sure. Yeah. All right. Propaganda Bureau. This is a fox card that costs three wild crafters, and there's only one of them in the deck. Jake, what does Propaganda Bureau do? Once in daylight, may spend a card to remove an enemy warrior from a matching clearing and place a warrior there. Kind of like a lizard convert you get to do each turn. Very cool. I like Propaganda Bureau yeah. a lot. I think it is one of those things you can just really chip away at another player's position. And any kind of, like, warrior advantage that somebody has, you can just kind of, like, in a zero-sum way, just, like, reduce it. Especially if you're the one who's about to attack them, or if you need to rule a clearing, or if you need to just get somebody in a clearing on the map. Um, if you're playing against a faction that doesn't have a lot of warriors, replacing one of them with your own can be really devastating. If you are a faction that doesn't have a lot of warriors, getting one of yours out on the map can be really helpful. Yeah, it's it's also, yeah, it's a free recruit too. It's like, the, the big thing of this is like, this game has small numbers, right? It's one yeah. through three are a lot of the numbers we're really paying attention to. And the fact that you can not only raise your number by one, but lessen theirs by one at the same time, ooh, yeah. that's significant. I mean at least a it is three crafting but it's any that makes it pretty great i think it's it's as right it's it's up there yeah i would, I would say i'd be it's somewhere in a tier maybe is my guess maybe it's b because it costs three to craft and that's pretty that's pretty tough of any that's like expensive but the, the fact that it's three wild like yeah uh, i think that might buoy it back up to a yeah there's like no one who doesn't totally benefit from this because either yeah. you're a faction that wants to suppress the factions that rely on warriors for their economy and this is just an easy cheap free action way to do it or you're one of those factions 
who really needs the upper hand on the Warriors for their economy, in which case this card's a must-craft. Uh, yeah, the, so the I, card spend is a little expensive, but, like, I don't yeah. know. It's unquestion- I think it's unquestionably A. I think it's A. But, like, yeah. whether or not it treads into S is my question. What keeps it out of S for you, too, is that you won't go out of your way to get a third crafting piece? I don't understand. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. Yeah. It's kind of the same thing as... Um, the favors in a way it's like the effect is really good but the cost is really high and i think it's it's a it's cost is a little much for its effect i have a cost question for you then like what is the cost of having three crafting pieces in any is that that high compared to having three costs i mean it's lower than having three in specific clearings obviously right yeah is it that hard to get three crafting pieces out for most factions i guess not i mean yeah it is wild so like I said, that, that buoys it a bit yeah. for me. In terms of it, the exchange, like one card for one warrior, if it was the other way around, as in tax collector, right? One warrior right. for one card. That, to me, feels like a really good deal. Whereas one card for one warrior is like, okay. But you do get to remove one. Yeah, it's it's not one warrior. It's it's one converted warrior. All right. I mean, I'm the more I talk about it, the more I'm like kind of edging it towards s a little bit no. so here here's the other thing about s kyle here's the oh yeah i love this okay so but here's the other thing about s is s is you will always do it right you'll always try to do it i think every time you've drawn it into your hand you're like how can i get this done because i want to i don't want to use it as a fox right yeah i would say that's the criteria for s yeah. and i don't yeah. feel a hundred percent about that about propaganda bureau hmm. i think it would depend on your faction i think for some factions this is obviously an s tier card but who's it not great for like the cats aren't gonna craft this it's three of any but cats are probably not even gonna have three workshops out there the vagabond is not going to craft this one the lizards can basically already do this and they're probably not going to have three gardens in one clearing the moles i think it's a little win more for them they have enough warriors as it is and spending a they don't want to spend cards right so I don't think it's perfect for everyone. So I don't think it's quite an S tier card. I okay. think for some factions it is for sure. But I'm swayed by that. All right, then Propaganda Bureau going in A tier unless there's any more objections. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's good. I think that makes yeah. sense. It is less helpful to more factions than I uh, had thought about. All cool. right, here we go. Saboteurs, the bird card. It costs one Wild Crafter, and there's three in the deck. Jake, tell us all about it. At start of Birdsong, may discard this card to discard an enemy's crafted card. This is pretty good. Yep. This is the root counter spell. <laughs> yeah. uh, How many of these are in the it's deck? It's a sorcery, though. It takes Three. a whole turn. <laughs> Three. The fact that it's a one, one wild and a bird card, this is like the ultimate flexible crafter. Um, I think this card is necessary for this uh, deck to function mm-hmm. yeah 100 percent. because otherwise someone would craft coffin makers and we would just shake hands and leave <laughs> what's nice about it too is uh, it's not just an action card right it doesn't just get played and then happen you can craft it early then hang on to it not only as a threat but as something you're gonna need in the future right somebody crafts false orders knowing full well like i'm gonna be the target of this saboteurs right and saboteurs is another one of those king slaying cards not quite Mm -hmm. uh to the board state thing that false orders does but i think saboteurs is 
probably S tier. Whoa. It's net, like Kyle said, it's, it brings balance to the deck. Like it's the cheapest card, the easiest card to craft, and it takes away anyone's crafted improvement. And one thing that I, I, I've seen it in a few games before, and it's just kind of interesting to kind of log the feeling that it produces. <laughs> is when nothing is nothing is on the board at all, and then someone just crafts the saboteurs first. Yep. And you're just looking at that, and you're like, "Well, I'm not going to craft marine broker now." Like, yeah. <laughs> um, That's true. It is a detriment. I think I think it's an S tier card if it's the first thing that gets crafted. For that reason, because mm-hmm. um, you can just put a fire out before it gets going, yeah. and it kind of suppresses everyone else's like. Yeah, or everyone just has to like push their luck if they want to craft something so, good. So mm. here's the question from someone who's like has it in their hand though: is like early game that bird card might also be very valuable. And so I'm not saying you wouldn't craft saboteurs; it's still very high up there in the requirements. But that's some work to do something that you don't even know if you're gonna need. Do you, will you yeah. always need to use it? probably i don't know yeah there's gonna be a every game there's gonna be a card worth saboteuring i think yeah i would say just about every game and also the longer you can dissuade people from crafting stuff the smaller their benefit from whatever they end up crafting is going to be so i i don't know for me this is just an a tier card pretty easily it's uh cheap crafting cost it's really good effect the fact that it's a reactive card makes it maybe slightly less than an s tier because it, it doesn't give you anything active. It's just, you know, you can respond to a threat later or an existing one. So it's it's not a, an ability or anything like that, but it, it does it does work and it's good. So A tier is where I place saboteurs. What do you guys think? I share that. I think it's A. All right. I'll throw it an A. <laughs> I think it's, you know, I mean, all those cards and S are shaking in their boots when saboteurs is crafted is all I'm saying. Especially right. if it's a card from the base deck, because you're like, wait, what? All right. Do you guys ever um, get uh, <laughs> a little hesitant to use it, worrying that there'll be something more saboteury that you need to drop later? Like, okay, Marine Brokers is a good example. Like, sure, you, then you let's say you do craft Marine Brokers. A- am I, as a saboteur, going to use it on that? Even though, yes, it's a good card that you crafted, and I do want to stop your momentum. What if I'm, I'm always afraid False Orders or Coffin Makers are around the corner? Yeah, that you got to use your root IQ to determine whether it's an existential threat or just somebody get, trying to get a, a little bit of an edge. Because um, I think like Corvid planners on the Within Alliance is one of those things you just auto saboteurs. Mm-hmm. Um, coffin makers on the River Folk is like you auto saboteurs. Yep. Um, Marine broker on the Duchy, I feel like is is one to automatically take out. But you start to mix and match those a little bit, and suddenly it's like, well. Yeah, I, I got can kind of live with. I can live with the Within yeah. Alliance having Marine Broker crafted. Yeah. yeah, I can live with, you know, Corvid Planners on the cats or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah you just got to use that root IQ. I think Saboteurs is like insurance against the worst of the worst, uh, and it can potentially be a suppressant in uh, in the early game, which I think is good. It's good to have that because if you have no options, and someone can just get away with like having you know four or five turns doing their thing, like. Yikes! Yeah. So I think it's I think it's a good card. I'm gonna call it A tier. Sam, are you gonna make an argument that it's higher than that? No, I think I think it's fine at A tier. I think you're right. It doesn't give you something. I think it's just a it's just a very important card, and that's why I think I wanted to put an S tier. But I think you're right. It doesn't give you anything. So yeah, we'll throw it in A tier. All right. 
Uh, talking about different tiers, I got a feeling where this one's going to end up. We're talking about soup kitchens. This is a bird card. Uh, it costs one of each crafter. There's one of it in the deck. Jake, tell us what Soup Kitchens tries to do. <laughs> your tokens now count towards rule, and each of your tokens counts twice. All right. Whoa. What? what? Yeah, there's got to be something with that, right? Yeah. Um, so the cost is uh, fairly prohibitive. Lizards and Vagabond cannot craft it. Cats won't craft it. So the cats aren't going to craft it, and they're the only one of those factions that has tokens. And they're the only faction at the moment that can have multiple of their tokens in the same clearing. So everybody else's tokens are just going to be worth two. Do you think that with the Marauders expansion, this card is going to improve in its value somewhat? Because you could have like a flame token and, a, uh, you know, like one of those little garrison things for the Warlord, or you could have multiple relic tokens for the Badgers. Right. Um, does that somehow fix Soup Kitchens? It totally fixes Soup Kitchens. Soup Kitchens S tier. Um, <laughs> no, I think, I think this card is one of the most straight D tier cards there are. One time we were all stoked to play in a game where it mattered at all. Um, someone crafted Soup Kitchens. I think it was on the Good Time Society. Um, and somebody crafted Soup Kitchens and we were like stoked that somebody's movement was slightly inhibited <laughs> by the fact that someone had crafted Soup Kitchens. Uh, however, it didn't make a difference and that's the closest I've seen it come to mattering. So yeah, its impact on the game is pretty light, for the most part. Uh, it would seem. Also, the fact that it costs one of each crafting suit to me suggests that it tends to get crafted a bit later in the game. Where yes, there could be more tokens around, but just it really feels like it's the early game when that like possibility of movement is the most crucial. Yeah. And so we're kind of already out of that phase usually by the time it gets crafted, and so its effect kind of wanes. Um, Is it fair to say, generally speaking, most factions rule clearings where their tokens are? Not always, obviously, but, like, fairly often. So there's a little bit of redundancy in this need. Uh, kind of. I, I mean, it's not true um, for crows. It's not necessarily true for, like, the alliance. Because those, yeah. those, those tokens exist in an isolated state. But, I mean, yeah. if you're a cat, you're not going to have wood out there. If you are right. a bird, you don't really have them. Like, you don't have tokens. Yeah, it's like you you already rule for the most yeah, part. So like, doesn't apply to vagabond, and so like I that's can, like, half the maybe faction. see a world where like as the cats, if you have like one dude left at a sawmill, and then that sawmill generates wood, all of a sudden you rule that clearing now. Now you can spend that right. wood. Like maybe there's a world where that could happen. So you're talking but... about the cat player that has a workshop in three different clearings. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you haven't recruited because you've been building workshops, so you only have one cat in your sawmill. <laughs> Let's do it. It's D tier. All right, D tier. We don't need to debate something we all agree on. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I just want there to be something yeah, cool I to know, do with I get it. it. That's the feeling. Yeah. All right, swap meat. Here we go. It's a rabbit card. It costs one rabbit crafter, and uh -huh. there are two of these in the deck. Jake? Once in Birdsong, may take a random card from another player and then give them a card. Is this the the pettiest card in Root? <laughs> <laughs> because you're generally handing them their card back, you mean? <laughs> it happens so much. It just literally is like a full step where you're just like, give me one of those. 
like, <laughs> for my hand, they're like, yeah, put it on the table, randomize that. I'm going to take one, I'm going to look at it and go like, oh, this is in your hand? You can have that back. <laughs> I just, I feel like it's so petty always. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. That is most interactions with swap meat. <laughs> it's so code funny. breakers, but more insulting. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I could take this from you, but why would I? This is trash. <laughs> yeah. Just like, come on. That's my hand, man. <laughs> I think that you're right, Kyle. I think a part of your hatred for this is coming from Tabletop Simulator, where this card is a little clunkier to use. Because in real life, you just hand them your, or you just shuffle up your hand and have them pick one like a magic trick, you know, and it's not as big of a deal. But also, this card is good. This is a good though, card, right? It's good. I it's undervalue good. it a lot because petty. I think you actually used the wording that made it more attractive to me, Sam, which was you can cycle a card from your hand, right? And yeah. I was like, I've never even thought of that, but that's exactly what it is, is if you don't like stuff in your hand, you have an option now. Yeah. Um, and there's always the thing, like, you might randomly get the thing that they were holding and saving in their hand. I mean, that's what you hope yeah. for. Well, that, I think that's a yeah. value that we forget about, is that you can really disrupt somebody else. Now, it's going to be a roll of the dice whether that occurs or not, but this whole game has a lot of dice rolling. So I mm -hmm. I think... I think it's better than I originally thought. I think it's I think it's a B tier card because it also doesn't really cost you anything. It's just like there's no downside. Yeah. It is there a free is ability. no downside to this. Yeah, and you get to be petty. I think Kyle, I think it's a positive. And I <laughs> I think this card is an A tier card. I will craft right. it much more than I'll ever use it for its suit. Yeah, it is pretty affordable at one rabbit crafting cost. So I, I'd be comfortable seeing it in A tier. I mean, it is a, it's a valuable ability. Yeah, it is. It's just luck of the draw. But yeah, you get the chance to improve your hand before you take your turn. Yeah, yeah, the timing of it's good. All right, um, last card on the card. tier list. It Woo. is tunnels, a rabbit card that costs one rabbit crafter, and there are two of them in the deck. Jake, you treat clearings with any of your crafting pieces as adjacent. What? Yes. <laughs> huh? Correct. <laughs> no! That's right. You, <laughs> all your crafting pieces are adjacent. This is a very fun card for some factions, um, but a very highly mobile card. Uh, pretty cheap, and it occurs multiple times in the deck. Jake, what's your gut instinct on tunnels? Well, so my bias has been against it traditionally in my games. I tend to avoid it because, like I said previously, I think if I have crafting pieces somewhere, I'm already present there, and it's generally adjacent to where I was previously. So the exception to that, obviously, is uh, a faction like the Crows, for instance, who mm -hmm. really could benefit from... <laughs> Everywhere on the map being adjacent because that's where they are. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think the Woodland Alliance, too, yes. is another faction mm -hmm. that's like, oh, this card is real good yeah, for them. Very important. Teleporting their dudes around on their sympathy is really fun. Those two factions are the notable exceptions of having their crafting pieces where their presence isn't always as strong. So it feels like Tunnels is a great spot. There was a redundancy with moles that we've seen with these two. But, like, those places are already kind of adjacent because they're adjacent to the borough but they're one step further right so yeah. it creates like a You're... network for your already like <laughs> limited network 
Yeah. Triangulated moles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's weird that they have tunnels and that the card tunnels gives them different options than their actual tunnels. Right. Um, But, yeah. All points lead home until this is built when they can actually have interconnected tunnels. Yep. Uh, Kyle, what's your gut instinct on tunnels? I'm a mobility guy. I think this improves mobility for some factions, but it's uneven. Um, You know, river folk can't even use it at all. No. Um, So the fact that it is kind of dead tech for two factions makes it a little bit like, it's okay. Uh, Because the Vagabond can't use it either. Right. Uh, I would say that because it's such a mixed bag, I would put it in like maybe B tier. Um, But it's cheap. It's a permanent upgrade. Um, Usually people aren't going to mess with it unless it's, you know, the Corvids or something. Yeah. Um, And it does have the benefit of being like not your first choice to saboteurs. (laughs) No, definitely not. Um, So it might have the staying power if if it's being helpful to you. But I don't know. I, I put this in B tier. I think it's it's like fine. Yeah, I guess I'll agree that it's B tier. Um, yeah, I just I've seen it used really well, but I've also probably spent it for its suit far more than I've ever crafted it. So uh, I, I'm I'm comfortable tunnels in B tier. All right. Well, so we did it. it. Yep. Uh, w- for those uh, who are listening to this. Uh, I have made a visual graphic that I will be sharing on the Good Time Society Discord under the Woodland War Machine channel so that you can actually visually see all the cards in their tier ranks. Um, yeah, this feel has been... free to just 100% agree with us and all of our choices. <laughs> yes, yes. The... Over at the Woodland War Machine channel. I think we've made yeah, very we clear don't and... tolerate dissent. I think we've made very clear and concise <laughs> arguments for each one of these cards, too. That's undebatable. <laughs> yeah, that's undebatable. I um I honestly can't wait to see what the community thinks about this because like there's been I think it, talk about individual cards in the past mm-hmm. and I just I don't think I've seen the tier list if one exists so yeah which which card do you think is going to be changed by at least two levels according to the popular opinion so at not two levels yeah that's what I'm saying is like I think everybody's going to agree with us with at least within one level they might rank it up and down by one but mm-hmm. is and do you think there's going to be a consensus that we're wrong on a le- on a level of two someone's going to fight for sappers yeah um, oh yeah that's a really good one eerie emigre I think someone might be like that's B tier someone might improve eerie emigre Someone might move brutal tactics up to S tier if they like are, you know, really feeling that. I don't know. I'm just kind of shouting stuff out. I, yeah. I'm no, I think I think Sappers is going to be that. very contentious. I agree. Yeah. Maybe Code Breakers. <laughs> no. I don't know. No one's putting no Code one's gonna Breakers in A tier. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, this was like so much fun to do. Again, this has been my dream episode. I also had like a lot of fun with this one. Um, it actually it really challenged my like gut instincts about a lot of the cards. Yeah, uh, I feel yeah. like my opinion was changed or at least nudged in a direction on I think like maybe like seven cards. So I I think this is a a really cool episode to do a really cool idea for an app. And if you thought this was a cool idea for an app, please go to Apple Podcasts and give us five stars. Um, leave us a review telling us where you would rank Sappers. Also, uh, if you don't have Apple Podcasts, like I don't, like I don't know who has it, uh, you guys can just 
rate us on whatever podcast app you use or you know just tell or people just about create the show. an apple podcast account and just do it and then leave this this is super <laughs> great uh doing this season of the show has been incredible and it's not quite over yet next week is gonna be a doozy guys oh wait a minute i thought this was the last episode we've got one more Ooh, guys it's a surprise <laughs> Ooh, that's right. That's right, baby. (laughs) All right, well, um, let's close it out. (laughs) Root, root, root.